From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. All right, we got the update, and apparently... I'm just going to stay out of the press box. I'm still going to be there. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. The Vegas Golden Knights are going to make their uh, the, their Stanley Cup playoff uh, final, Stanley Cup final, I should say, uh, appearance start. Game one is Saturday. That's my birthday, right? So I'm going out to Vegas. I'm going to get turnt on my birthday. I'm going to go to the club afterwards. Ooh. I'm going to hit a bunch of bars beforehand. I'm going to wear a bunch of Vegas Golden Knights stuff. But I'm getting in on a on a you know press credential. So I, I've just decided, Harry, that I'm going to stay in the standing room only areas, like maybe by like uh, you know there, there's just got to be a way I can hide somewhere else where I'm not <laughs> by a seat. I'll just walk around the entire time, but still be in the crowd. Uh, one thing I know is that if, since you won't be my, you, you got other things going on. You won't be my plus one I, yeah. i'm looking for a plus one maybe jeff darlington espn nfl reporter but also really the heart and soul the the coolest guy not named pitbull in the entire state of florida they're joining us now espn nfl reporter uh jeff you, you want to come out to vegas and be my plus one yeah. uh you know we'll get a little Bye. weird before during and after yeah, like i mean like i'm on a, on a press pass plus one on a press pass i mean like what, do I need to buy tickets? Is that what you're telling me here? You're a connected guy. You can't, you can't weasel your way into a couple couple of real passes. Maybe uh, maybe right up on the glass. I mean, how dare you, Jeff? How look, dare you, uh, Jeff? I, I, look, we're just going to take this whole thing off the rails. Can I just tell you? Uh, I, you know, we're lucky. The ESPN, we have some ticket connections sometimes, right? So. Uh, I may or may not have hit one of those ticket connections to try and get into Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Final between Boston and Miami. Hit up the ticket people. They, re- they responded right away. Yeah, they responded right yeah. away and said, we can get you two if you would like to. They are 1700 each. Like, I, I, I don't have Harry oh, Douglas money. Oh, my Lord. I don't have Harry Douglas money. I'm oh, afraid to go after the, Like, if I go to the Stanley Cup Final, God I, only knows how much that would be. I am uh, impressed. That, that they offered you, I'm I'm going the other way on this. I am shocked that you were able. I think that that says you're important to the company. Wow, that you were even offered to Man. Game Seven tickets. So, are you telling me I should try and should I buy, try should I try and buy a ticket to the game? I mean, I never thought of this. This is I, I guess See, we have Fitz, actual no, things to go. No, no. Yeah. See, Jeff, this is this is part of our friendship, our brotherhood that I'm teaching him now. There's nothing better than free ninety nine, not okay. three ninety nine, but yeah, free ninety nine. I mean, Jeff, but, but you know how many places oh. I go, events I go to on press passes. I mean, I could turn oh, that into bottle God. service afterwards. That money could turn into bottle service, like my birthday Saturday night <laughs> Vegas bottle service. Let's go, Jeff. Come on. Who says no? Are you going to sneak into the? Here's the big question. Are you going to try to sneak in there for a little free meal? You gonna try to get in there for a little, little freebie buffet? Oh my god! Yeah, buffet? yeah. No, no. I'm gonna go to the press area. I'm gonna get like all of the desserts they have, <laughs> and then I'm going to go down. Like I'll just find a like I'll find it. Well, you'll be oh, there, so, so I'll let you hold all my Vegas Golden Knights gear. I will go oh. upstairs. I will get a plate full of food for both of us. I'll bring it down. We can eat the free food. I mean, I, I feel like I'm really I'm hitting a home run here. This this is a very oh, well. Uh, he said he, he's a bear. You know, uh, 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 look, I got. Nothing. I don't even know. 
I just I don't know what to say. I'll I'll see you at the cr- what you call what you call the it? Club. You call the, the, the club? The club? The club? I mean, we can't even do it. Uh, I'll see you there after. Oh, that's because you are inherently cool. I am inherently hey, a middle-aged white guy. That's just what happens. Drop. Drop me a pin. Okay, okay? perfect. Drop me a pin. You think I'm kidding? Okay. You're going to get a late-night pin from me in Vegas, and then we'll just see if uh, Harry's private jet brings you over. Okay, uh, so <laughs> okay, let, let's just, uh, for a second, I mean, you got the Heat, you got Florida Panthers. Uh, are you going to all, when these games are going on, are you going to go to all of them? Like, should I instead veer all my plans and head to Miami? Like, uh, Harry's going to go to a Heat game, I think. Like, you, like wh- what's the I'll- Jeff Darlington party plan? I wouldn't mind. Uh, I, I'm going to try to catch a Panthers game. I'm going to take my son to one of those. I'm going to make this real wholesome. I'll tell you, I'm going to try to take my son to a Panthers game. And if anybody's listening right now that can supply, you know, supply me with tickets, uh, that's not a press <laughs> credential. You can find me at Twitter at Jeff Darlington. So now you're coming on my show <laughs> and you're chilling for free stuff. Look at this. If anybody's Isn't listening and has a plus one to the Vegas Golden Knights, by the way, go ahead, Terry. Ask a real question. Yeah, I got I got to ask you about Jimmy Garoppolo, man. Jimmy Garoppolo signed a waiver yeah, helmet, man? in 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 uh-huh. place of his physical. Where if anywhere is this going with Jimmy Garoppolo and the Raiders? So I, I think that um I understand the the cause for alarm. Um especially I know Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk had reported some of the contract details and certainly interesting. And uh I, I would say though that if this was a overly significant situation, I don't think the Raiders would have done the deal in the first place. Uh, I don't think that they would have followed up by signing Brian Hoyer and drafting a player in the fourth round for added quarterback depth. I, I, I this to me feels like um, pretty. Uh, it's a franchise quarterback, so it's a big deal. But I think that it's it's going to be okay, and Jimmy will eventually pass his physical. He will get his money for this year and future years. Um, is it a guarantee that that goes down that way? No, but there are often injury clauses in contracts that that provide these types of provisions. I, I'm not trying to completely discount it. It is significant, but I do think that, uh, you know, maybe pump the brakes slightly on the Tom Brady playing quarterback talk, which uh, isn't even something that could happen uh, under most scenarios i mean the amount of stupidity around that by the way like for, for anyone yeah, that doesn't know, know if brady becomes an owner the league would have to approve this this is a very complicated situation a lot of people running with wild speculation let me ask you this though jeff knowing what we know now about that contract addendum does it surprise you that the raiders didn't address address quarterback in the draft um so it, it doesn't because i again i think that they know more than we do right and i'm not one to simply just trust it and say, oh, I trust Josh McDaniels, you know, he, after years of learning in the Patriot system, why wouldn't he be forthcoming to the media and completely honest with all things pertaining to injuries? Uh, I'm not saying that, but at the same time, um, I, I, I trust that if they didn't draft a player there, they feel pretty good about their future with Jimmy. Uh, and that's, I guess the only thing that we can really take away from this at this point, Jimmy has a long injury history in the first place it's already probably a bit of a concern even if we take out the what's called unexpected foot surgery um, but I, I think that given the fact that the Raiders know more than the rest of us uh, and still went forward with the plan you just mentioned uh, I, I think that you know we can feel decent about it 
Now, Jeff, I know this story just broke last week, but when can we expect a decision when it comes to DeAndre Hopkins and his next team? So, actually, uh, interestingly, I know Friday was the day that Arizona released him, but uh, the league had a four-day weekend because of the Memorial Day. So, Friday was actually a league day off as well. DeAndre Hopkins doesn't actually become a free agent until 4.01 p.m. Eastern today. So, he's not even capable of signing with the team until um, – just under two more hours from now. Uh, I, I do think that, you know, there's no, there's no crazy rush here. Uh, you know, he's made clear what his priorities are, and uh, this is a pretty great laundry list if you're making priorities as a wide receiver. He would like, number one, consistent, solid, sound organizational structure in the front office. He would like great quarterback play, and he would like a great defense, <laughs> which is an, is an awesome <laughs> – laundry list of of, uh, priorities Uh, if you take those things into account you know we should be looking he's mentioned Mahomes and Josh Allen we should be looking at those big teams like the Chiefs and the Bills the one thing that Hopkins did not mention though uh, in terms of his priorities is money how much is it going to cost is he willing if he wants those three things to take less Uh, that's where this gets especially interesting to me the Chiefs make so much sense they've become the type of team like Randy Moss going to the Patriots back in, what, 2006 or 2007. When that happened, everybody said, come on. And it's because Randy Moss, uh, you knew that he could get get in there with Tom Brady and make magic. And after two kind of struggling seasons, Moss did exactly that. Hopkins going to the Chiefs, to me, uh, is very similar and could be equally dangerous. Thanks for bringing back that painful Randy Moss memory of the time he yeah. mailed it in for the Raiders for a season and then went to the Patriots. Okay, you know, you this, sure is, did. this is why I need hope from the Stanley Cup final. Jeff, uh, I'll be in Vegas Saturday. Come hang out with me. Uh, you know, we'll be in the press boss for free cupcakes yeah. on my birthday and then uh, bottle yeah, and service. By the way, the whole, the whole the pin thing, like, maybe don't drop me a late night pin. Like, that's a weird one to have to explain to my wife. I mean, you know, at 3 a.m. Uh, 3 a.m. Okay, look, it's better, better than you up. Like, I was going to hit you with a you up. Now, pretty much you up. Yeah, okay. It's fine. pretty much you up. <laughs> fine. Message received. I'll drop you the pin in the afternoon, just so you know, preventatively. Well, well hold on, Jeff. But what, what if he sends you, like, some Bible scriptures or something? Like, would your wife yeah, question that? I, I might make my wife even more weirded out. <laughs> she, then she'd really know something was up. Look, uh, any any text you're getting from anybody at 3 in the, in the morning that seems weird is going to be weird to your significant other. That's all I'm saying. The Lord is my <laughs> shepherd, I that's shall a, not want. What's that? He, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He was just giving us a Bible verse. Sometimes Amen. Uh, all right, when the series goes back to Florida, you know, I'll just come pop oh, up man. at your place. Send me a, send me a pin. Yeah. Now we're talking. All right. Now Thanks All for right. hanging out with us, Jeff. Appreciate you, brother. See ya. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. Follow him on Twitter at Jeff Darlington. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach with their easy-to-use mobile app. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. All right, coming up, we got three up, three down, three things you won't want to miss that we are absolutely hyped on and three things that we are absolutely not in on at all from the weekend. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. From the top stories in sports. Guys, huge news over here. To the bottom. This is it. Rock bottom. 
This is Three Up, Three Down with Fitz and Harry. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, three up, three down. You guys know the drill. Usually we do this on Mondays, but yesterday we were filling in on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Appreciate the guys letting us drive the ship for a day. That means that it's time for three up, three down. So this is really simple. I've been the downs, but lately I'm the ups. I'm the ups. Why? Because I'm happy about something that I want to give some love to. So uh, we'll give. I'll give you three things I'm up on. Harry will give you three things he's down on, and we'll start with Mikey C. Pressing the big sound of God to give us the first number. Number one. Look at that. See how all that worked? Number one. I don't know. We haven't talked about this at all yet. <sighs> the Vegas Golden Knights are headed to the Stanley Cup final. Oh, God, it feels good. God, it feels good. For the second time in their six years in existence, Vegas is headed back. And it's not just they're headed back. It's that this was a series they were up 3-0 on. Dallas gets two straight games. You go back to Dallas, and all of a sudden, I started to feel scared. I started to feel the way everybody's been feeling in the NBA. So last night, I got two TVs on, humble brag. One's on the Stanley Cup, uh, the Western Conference Final. The other is, of course, on the NBA game. And I'm watching the beginning of this thing. And Harry, I watched Vegas come out with energy and pace like I haven't seen throughout the course of the entire playoffs. 15 shots on goal to four at one point. Vegas came out saying, hey, I'm going to pepper you and you will have to withstand it. After they get the early lead, then they sort of back off and they go into this prevent, we won't make mistakes world. They get a six nothing win and they advanced to the Stanley Cup final a year ago right now they missed the playoffs they fired everybody people thought maybe they'd lost their minds now all of a sudden they are right back where they belong in the Stanley Cup final big chance for Vegas moving forward big up oh I like how you said Vegas came out hitting on all cylinders scoring three goals in the first period because my first down is the Boston Celtics because that's what they did not do 0 for 10 from a three-point line in the first quarter. Hmm. In the first quarter. They only scored 15 points, which was their lowest in the first quarter or any quarter this entire season. Hmm. This entire season, Fitz. But not only that, when you talk about the Boston Celtics, it's linked to TD Garden. They've gotten beat. They, as in the Boston Bruins and the Boston Celtics, in TD Garden, by two Florida teams in Game 7. Unbelievable. But it happened. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. That's why they're my number one down. All right. Well, that's the the down, top down. I'm going to go back to the up and the voice of God. Number two. Let's stick with a little bit of a theme here. Vegas, the sports town. Hear me out, all right? I believe that the only way you can be relevant in Las Vegas is if you win. Hear me, Raiders? You got to win and win a lot. Why? Because this is a little bit like Nashville, a city you and I know a lot about. When you have a city full of opportunities to spend your money and do crazy things, you better be good. So in a world where there's constantly shows and there's constantly stars and there's constantly places for people to spend money, you better be out there and being competitive. What have we now seen from Vegas to Sportstown? Well, not only has obviously Summer League basketball become a destination, but all indications seem to be at some point the NBA will be headed out there as well. Uh, the Oakland A's may be moving there as well. 
part of the reason why. I mean, look at the buzz that there is constantly around the Vegas Aces. Why? In part because they're a championship team with a bunch of superstars. Now what do you have with the Vegas Golden Knights? Again, a year ago they fired everybody. There were real questions. Well, they've got superstar players that are out there playing at a level where they're in their second Stanley Cup final in the first six years. Sustainably, this team looks very good. Not only that, but they have managed to capture the heart of the city because they've been very good. So I'm looking at Vegas, the sports town, and saying for all the talk about the fact that it's not a big enough market, and it really isn't as a TV market, it doesn't matter if you get the locals to buy in, but you got to win to do it. So when you win, Vegas, the sports town, looks like a place, obviously, you can make money, which means you can invest it in your team, which means you can win a bunch of games, which means you can be relevant. This is huge for Vegas. Here, I noticed a theme, a Vegas theme for you, a Boston theme for me. So my number two down, we're going to stick with the Boston Celtics, but we're going to stick with an individual. That's where we're going to go next. Jalen Brown and his Game 7 performance. If you want to be the man, you got to play like the man. 19 points, 1 for 9 from the three-point line. Most importantly, 8 turnovers. Jason Tatum hurt his ankle on the first possession. The keys were turned over to Jalen Brown. But guess what? He lost the damn keys, Fitz. He lost the keys, and now the Boston Celtics were stranded because they couldn't get in the car and leave and go to Denver because the damn keys were lost by (laughs) Jalen Brown. Oh, I love that analogy, by the way. Uh, I I noticed a theme. Uh, Let's get you one more voice of God then. Number three. It's three up, three down. I got to give you three things I'm up on. The other thing that I'm up on, I can't believe we're saying this again. But Vegas and the thought of where they are as a sports town right now, specifically with how it's constructed. Hear me out. The strip is a lot bigger than people think it is, right? So you could have sp- you could have spread all of this all over the area, made it really sprawling and difficult to get to. One thing that I love about what Vegas has done, when you start looking about where – you look at where the football stadium is, you look at where T-Mobile is, right, which is a, a place I'll be on Saturday right by all the MGM resorts, and you look at the mock-ups for where they intend to put what looks like it is as close to a done deal as we can get right now with a new baseball stadium, Vegas has done something really smart. They've managed to make sure that they have stadiums that are easy to get to for locals should they want to. And also they put it right in the middle of the strip so that everybody that just happens to be in town will have something they can do. If you are just visiting Vegas right now on the weekend and you don't know what's going on, it's super easy to look at it and say, oh, there's an Aces game. Oh, there's a Golden Knights game. Oh, there'll be an A's game. All of these things are reasons why people that are just looking for something to do in Vegas have something to do. And that's part of the reason why, while Vegas may never have a great home court advantage in some sports, they will always have packed arenas, which is why these teams make money, which is why they want to be in Vegas. This is all three up for Vegas right now, winning in every possible level for a city that five years ago people thought couldn't handle sports and has now become a sports destination. Well, I love it, so I might as well stick with this Boston Celtics thing. Mm. And listen, I like this artist in particular. He's from Louisville, Kentucky, and I love to ride in first class. Mm. But what I'm about to talk about has nothing to do with first class. See, Jack Harlow was wearing a Celtics, I think it was a, like a jacket, a, 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 let's just say a lot of Celtics gear. And I was mind-boggled a little bit because he has a great relationship with Miami Heat's Tyler Hero. So much to the point, he named a song after Tyler Hero. 
He named a song after Tyler Hero. And he's sitting close to the bench of the Miami Heat as well. So I don't understand this. He might be a Boston Celtics fan. But you named a song after Tyler Hero. But too bad the Boston Celtics were not the heroes last night. Mm. And Tyler Hero's teammates in that organization was. Come on, Jack. And I'm not talking about Jack the Ripper. I'm telling you, the only thing worse than uh, the Jack Harlow game day performance, which he just wasn't good, uh, and, you know, Jack Harlow and white men can't jump, is Jack Harlow sitting next to the – because you know if he's sitting by the Heat bench, that means those tickets came from the Heat. I'm just saying, he got tickets from the Heat, and he sat by the Celtics. Ah, it feels very Drakeish, Very Drakeish. Now we need the Harlow curse. All right. Uh, that's our three up and three down uh, from what we saw over the course of the weekend on Fitz and Harry. Coming up. Bob Myers has stepped down as GM president of the Golden State Warriors. Is this the first thread that leads to the unraveling of basketball's current dynasty? We'll talk about it next. But first, Harry's got to tell you this about oh, 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 O'Reilly. Well, did you know one in four car batteries is weak and needs to be replaced? O'Reilly Auto Parts will test your battery free of charge. If your battery needs to be replaced, their professional parts people can help you find the best superstar battery for your vehicle and budget. Make sure your vehicle is ready for the weather ahead of getting your battery tested for free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Well, the news of the day is largely about what Boston didn't accomplish in Game 7, what Miami did accomplish, and the Heat moving on to the NBA Finals. There's other news that has absolutely broken the way we see one of the biggest franchises in the NBA today. And that is that the Warriors president and GM Bob Myers, architect of four NBA championship teams, has told us he's stepping down. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, the quote, it's just time. That's what the 48-year-old Myers told uh, our very own Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, Myers' contract expires in late June. There's been a lot of conversations about what would be next for him, but he has decided that money is not what he's looking for, that he's looking to move on and just try something different in life. He is speaking to the news uh, to the world at 4 p.m. Eastern at a news conference in San Francisco, Harry. And as you think about what all of this means, uh, a lot of times people don't even know the names of their favorite team's president or GM. It's not necessarily that thing that everybody talks about. Bob Myers is one of the exceptions to that. He's a household name for so many NBA fans because he's had such a fingerprint on the way the Warriors constructed their entire dynasty. And now you've got to look around if you're Golden State and say, man, we need to know right now what's next. Okay, so here are uh, here's a lot of directions this thing could go. And the first scenario I'm going to bring up, Fitz, is you look at a guy, Steve Kerr, who's done some tremendous things as a coach. And throughout Steve Kerr's career, he's been able to learn from some of the greatest people to ever coach basketball in the NBA or be involved in the game uh, as a whole. So what if, you know, Steve Kerr moved to the role as GM and president of basketball operations that, you know, Bob Myers held and then, the Golden State Warriors promote Kenny Atkinson, who's an assistant coach on their bench, who I think is a phenomenal coach. A guy who I felt like the Brooklyn Nets should have gave that job to um, instead of Steve Nash, just calling a spade a spade. That's how I truly felt. Kenny Atkinson is also a guy, when my brother Tony Douglas was with the New York Knicks, who he worked very, very closely with, 
So I know his mindset as a coach, uh, as a head coach, as an assistant, and I know how, how great he could be if he got this opportunity. Here's another thing. You got to look at, okay, who else works in the front office for the Golden State Warriors? Well, Mike Dunleavy, who played the game for a very, very long time, has been the assistant general manager for the, for the last four years. So is he a guy that you now move into that role? You also have to look at the owner, Joe Lacob. His son, Kurt Lacob, has been the executive VP of basketball operations for the last four years. So are any one of those two guys going to move in certain areas and take over for what Bob Myers has stepped down from? Or are they going to move Steve Kerr to a front office role and hire Kenny Atkinson? There's so many moving parts that can happen with this. But because this team is so special and this organization is so special, I don't think they're going to go outside. I think it's going to be someone internally that gets this job for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I, look, there's a, a million reasons why this makes sense. But internal is everything because of the relationships with the stars. If you are Golden State right now, what you need to do is make sure that you are keeping some sort of common thread together that will allow you to keep your stars happy and continue your process of building for a championship now and figuring out how to contend later. To do that... Putting somebody like Steve Kerr in that role makes a ton of sense because everybody in that organization also already loves and respects him and understands exactly what he's trying to execute, how he's trying to execute it. This is a little like what we saw in Boston where, where you know Brad Stevens walks up to a front office role. Correct. If you're Steve Kerr, you're 57 years old. You've accomplished what you want to accomplish on the sidelines, at least much of it. You could take this new role and go into a position where you can continue to put your hand on this organization for 20 years, right? This, this yep. makes a ton of sense. Now, I haven't seen uh, all of it. I'm only one season in on it, but Devin talked me into watching Succession on HBO. I feel like this is a little bit of Succession. Got a bunch of people in the room that are all going to be trying to find their way in to be the CEO <laughs> of who Golden State is. But to your point, that's why familiarity matters because you don't want to lose the the way that Steph feels right now, the way that Clay feels right now, the way that Draymond feels right now. You don't want to go into full rebuild mode because you are still in a window where the window's never closed when you have one of the best players in the world. Well, I would say this also now. You look at the Golden State Warriors, and we heard legs just salute to it when we had them on. As long as you have Steph Curry, you have to feel like as an organization that your window is still open. And I truly feel like if you have Steph Curry – Draymond Green and Klay Thompson, your window is definitely still open. But when you have those pieces to the puzzle, I just think it's going to be hard to reach and try to get someone from the outside world that hasn't been there with this core group or a lot of those people within that organization to try to get things to continue to flow as it has, what, the last 10 years or so? Right. And also, another coach that did it, I felt like a former player as well, is um, Larry Bird, right? Coached in the NBA, then went to a, a front office role as well. So we've seen this thing happen. Uh, probably not as much as you can go to the store and buy a pack of Skittles and eat them, but we've seen it happen. Where I, coaches <laughs> been in a role, they move to the front office role, and then success is, 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 is still um, still amongst the team and the organization. I mean, I would argue at this point that if you if you were asking who the identity of the Golden State Warriors is, it's two people. It's Steph and it's Kerr, right? It's those yeah. two people. So no matter what, 
you need to keep those two people happy. Now, if Kerr wants to continue on the sidelines and, and that's what continues to motivate him, there's been no indication he doesn't. But if Kerr, if that's what his focus wants to be for the next 10 years, he can certainly continue doing that. I just think for continuity's sake, especially for Kenny Atkinson, who has been a candidate for other, pro, uh, other prominent roles across the NBA, other co- prominent jobs across the NBA, this is a way to keep everybody happy and keep sort of some uniform approach to the way you do business. It would be hard for me to imagine that anybody's going to be put in that role that doesn't have a premium relationship with Steve Kerr because there's no way you're going to bring in a new boss to Steve Kerr that is anything less than loved by Steve Kerr. Maybe he has a great relationship with Dunleavy. Maybe he has a great relationship, as you mentioned, with the owner's son. Uh, But if he doesn't, then this is a perfect opportunity to make sure you keep him happy because much like we talked earlier that you can't hire a coach for Philadelphia, in my mind, without keeping Joel Embiid happy, you can't bring a person – you can't bring a janitor into the Golden State Warriors facility that Steve Kerr doesn't like because you ain't taking any chances that Kerr decides he wants to walk off. And I'll say this really quick. If this was a year ago, Fitz, if if these type of things would have transpired a year ago, it would have been, I think, a lot easier too as well because you could have easily said, okay, Steve Kerr, we need you to go to the front office and we're going to have Mike Brown become the head coach, yep. right? Yep. Mike Brown is no longer there. He's the head coach of the, uh, of the Sacramento Kings, but Kenny Atkinson has been there a few years. He is a qualified head coach and a guy that I feel like can do a tremendous job as well. This is one way that it would make sense. One thing I know is that all eyes are going to be on this because it doesn't just impact you know, Golden State. It impacts one of the most dominant teams we've seen in any era of basketball, particularly in this era of basketball. And it it impacts a franchise that not that long ago was not seen the way they're seen now. These are the moments that sort of change the next chapter and the way we'll view the Golden State for the next 20 years could be changing in front of our eyes over the next 30 days. We'll keep you updated on that. One thing's for certain, the NBA Finals matchup is set. We know it's going to be Miami. We know it's going to be Denver. One thing we have no idea about, what the hell Boston's going to do with their stars. We'll figure it out. We'll tell you what we mean next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. One, two, If you are Jason Tatum and you go down, I understand that that is not what Celtics fans wanted. But Jalen Brown is supposed to also be him. They're supposed to have him and him, right? Like, they're supposed to have two hims. And so when one of your main guys goes down, but you also have Jalen Brown who's sitting here about looking at max money, this was his chance to show he's a max money guy. Jalen Brown is kind of hard sometimes for me to analyze because... He will have these phenomenal games where he can score 30-plus or 40 and be masterful shooting the basketball. But not necessarily all those shots are great shots. It's it's times last night in that ball game, I thought when the uh, Celtics were trying to make a run, Jalen Brown and his shot selection was just terrible. Three hours later. What do you do? When contractually, you're in a situation where you might have to pay superstar money to a player that's just a star. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. This is difficult because the Boston Celtics are trying to figure out what's next. Now, 
blowing up uh, 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 something that's gotten this good this many years in a row, it feels drastic. And we've talked about change for the change, the sake of change isn't always good. But let's be real here. Boston now has to decide whether a roster that has two players earning more than $600 bucks combined is sustainable to compete for a championship under the new CBA. By virtue of their all-NBA selections, this is important, all right? Brown is eligible to sign a projected $295 million extension this offseason. Then Tatum can sign for 318 the following summer. If the Celtics front office decides that Brown and Tatum are franchise players, then that's an easy decision. But they've got to make that decision sort of now at this point because Tatum's extension wouldn't kick in until 2025. Celtics aren't going to exceed the $190 million second apron in the contract. This gets wildly uh, complicated. Hard word for me, Harry. But realistically, what's tough here is they got to make a decision right now on Jalen Brown, $295 million. That's superstar money for somebody that may only be a really good star. That's not an easy answer. I would say, me personally, I, I would give Brown the money um, because I think one of the things that really stands out to me, Fitz, is the youth of him and Jason Tatum still. When I mean youth, I'm talking about their ages. Like, Jalen Brown's only 26 years old. Jason Tatum's only 25 years old. So these guys are really going to be entering into their prime and still have time to do a lot of things. And we got to remember, right, some of the greatest players that – that we know to play this game, especially at the NBA level, didn't win championships to 27 and 28 years old. So they still have time on their side. My thing is when it comes to Jalen Brown as an individual, are you 100% bought in to the Boston Celtics in their organization? Are you 100% bought in that Jason Tatum is the alpha dog? And secondarily, you are a slightly beneath a Jason Tatum. Are you, is he bought into that? And if you're the organization for the Boston Celtics, you got to say to yourself, do we 100% want to pay this money to two guys that's going to equal up to $600 million? Are they 100% bought in to Jalen Brown? Because I see, I think if both sides feel the, uh, feel the way that they, I think they should, then this is a no brainer in my eyes. I still think that Jalen Brown has some areas of his game that he can work on um, to get better, to possibly become a superstar player. I do feel like he can get better at his ball handling and also understanding the game of basketball at a different level. Things that we praise Nikola Jokic for, things that we praise LeBron James for, the high basketball IQ. Not saying that they don't, he doesn't have a tremendous IQ, just you have to be able to take it to another level and see the game from a broader spectrum, more so than an individual. It, it, it all gets very complicated because everything you're talking about is nuance to improvement that needs to be made. It's hard to talk about nuance to improvement to somebody that made an all-NBA team, but that's real. And it's also, I feel dirty at here, sitting here faulting the play of somebody that is one of the better players, according to that selection in the NBA. But also $300 bucks that's a lot of money. This is what Woo. Zach Lowe said on Get Up. You know Zach from the Low Post podcast about the decision the Celtics have to make, particularly regarding Jalen Brown. If you're implying to me that the end game is trading Jalen Brown, maybe, for what? What's the deal out there? As far as the two of them together, you're asking two different questions. Number one, how do they fit? And number two, with those figures on the salary cap and a new CBA coming that is punishing for spending teams, 
Can you put the pieces around them that amplify them and get them to a championship? Because I think together, clearly, I mean, they were within two wins of a title last year. They can get really, really far. But on how they fit, I'll keep coming back to the playmaking. In this playoffs, Jalen Brown, 68 assists, 66 turnovers. Playoffs career, Jalen Brown, 241 assists, 232 turnovers. That's mm. just not good enough. They need more playmaking combined from their best two guys, and they just haven't gotten it yet. Now, I would say this, Fitz, when you look at the money that those two guys are going to be making if they decide to do that, the Boston Celtics, that is, right? I think you also have to look at the team that you just lost to in the Eastern Conference Finals and what type of players that they have. You look at a Gabe Vincent, you look at a Struess, you look at a Caleb Martin, you look at all these guys that, that, that are undrafted, you have to be able to find these type of guys and also develop these type of guys. So I think a lot of it's going to open a lot of teams in the NBA's eyes and say, what is Miami doing that we aren't doing within our organization? Yeah, that's the hard part of this because the question is, is Miami just a – is this an aberration? Is this new rule? You know, in a copycat league, and, and sports are all copycat leagues, but like in some sort of a copycat process, you have to ask yourself, can you really replicate that or does it take well, – well, well, here's the thing that makes me say it. When you look at this salary cap stuff that's going to be changing – it may force some teams to have to go that route. Uh, that is a great point because it's going to force teams to understand that they may not be able to build these super teams and they're going to have to have a great coach. I will remind the world, the NBA Finals has one lesson that we could learn right now. These two coaches are two of the four most tenured coaches in the entire league. They are two of the four coaches that have been with their franchises the longest so continuity of the coaching like you got to have somebody that can actually coach up talent that may not you may not just be able to build a super team and hope that any guy can stand in there it's going to be wild to see what all of it means it's also going to be wild to listen to candy and carlin they're up next thanks for hanging out with harry douglas and jason fitz on espn radio you've been listening to the fitz and harry podcast you can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to three eastern on espn radio and you can watch on the espn app